Well, every week at this time, I have to ask all you people listening on anything less than a 15-inch speaker with an 8-inch tweeter to tune out, please. We don't mean to be undemocratic, but we're a select group, and we can't have just anybody listening. Thank you, so get out, please. You're listening to Inside the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our Ola. My name is Spud Goodman. Uh, Spud's not here, sorry. Welcome to this little podcast we're now doing. On this one, the Laugh Track episode number 71, uh, that was that episode number, we will once again go back in time and take another look at it because, you know, we thought it had some interesting stuff in it, like an interview with comedian and former SNL cast member Kevin Nealon, uh, the now late comedian Ralphie May, and musical guest hip-hop artist Q-Dot. We want to take a deep dive and examine the good, the bad, and the ugly uh, like, like maybe understand what we could have done differently to make it a bit more user-friendly. I, I know there are no do-overs in life, but maybe with podcasts, this might fly. Uh, I should say I have others with me on this project. Let me first introduce our current designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Give, re- give everyone like a state-of-the-art chuckle, if you would. Here you go. <laughs> mm, not bad, huh? Yeah, you know, with this podcast, expectations are dialed down a bit, so it it wasn't bad. You know, if if we were still doing the radio show, though, it it may have been borderline acceptable. Are you serious? Well, okay, okay, maybe I am being a bit tough here with the grading thing. All right, it was just fine. Okay, moving on to to what I wanted to Spread, you get what you pay for. All right, duly noted. And now I have to introduce our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. As this is not our radio show now, I think as a podcast, you know, we could allow you to get in a, a few more words. Not a lot more, but a few more. Well, could you be specific here, Spud? Are, are we talking like eight or nine more words than I was allowed on our radio show? Or are we talking about making a big change and allowing me to fully express myself with no limitations? I'm going to go with the eight or nine more words as that would allow me, you know, to keep this new podcast moving along. So, so go ahead and take advantage of my generosity. Well, I, I wouldn't describe eight or nine more words being allowed as that generous, but okay. You know what? I'll take it. Uh, all right. I am Gerald Holcomb, the co-host on this podcast. And well, I you know, am- I think that was like 11 words at least, I think. So let's just call it good. Okay. Wait, you said eight or nine more words than I'm normally allowed to say at the start of our show. That would give me uh, at least around 23 to 26 total words. But everyone knows you have a problem with math, you know, adding and subtracting. It's tough. So can I continue? Um, I only had issues with algebra. I can add and subtract just fine. But go ahead and use up, you know, your remaining few words. Okay, go ahead. All right. So, as co-host, uh, of, t- t- excuse me, temporary co-host. Oh, okay. Temp- well, temporary, permanent co-host of this podcast, and I want to say how excited, excited I- you are to be here. I think the listeners get that. It it kind of goes without saying, yeah. you know. I mean, n- now I need. I got to move along. Now I need to introduce oh. our show's intern, Chance. Yes, Chance, you have the juice to speak as long as you wish. As our executive producer's little pet. Uh, yeah, Lori's little pet, uh, cause she freaking loves you, which I will never understand. So just go ahead. 
Well, I love Chance, too. Everyone does, except those who are jealous of his dynamic energy. He does intimidate those who are extremely insecure. Hmm? Go ahead, sweetie, and say something. Thank you, Dorothy. I and everyone who's listened to the Spud Goodman radio show is well aware of how much I threaten Spud. And mm. frankly, most older baby boomers who've seen better days. We Gen Zers make most older guys wet their stretch jeans. I think they see their own mortality flashing before their eyes when they're in our presence. Or at least those of us Gen Zers who have something that makes us special. And you are so special, honey. Quite extraordinary. Uh, don't get carried away here. So now I'm supposed to uh, set up the opening segment of the Laugh Track episode. Uh, it's number 71, I believe. Uh, it wasn't a bad one. Sure, I, you know, I maybe could have made some different decisions. Um, but this was, you know, back in 2015. But it still holds up, I think. Oh, I remember this one well. I had a disagreement with our then-designated Laugh Regina over the use of a laugh track versus her services yeah. to the show. Yeah. I felt then, and, and you know what? I still do, that canned laughter is so much more effective than live sporadic giggling on any show trying to be humorous. I mean, the Spud Goodman show was not a drama or a courtroom procedural. Our job was to entertain and hopefully say something that would make people smile and laugh. No one, no one will do that without hearing a sturdy laugh track along with what is being said. Oh, I disagree, Gerald. Gina was the designated laugher back then, and I felt she did a great job when I would listen to the show. Canned laughter is made to brainwash people, to make them think that something is funny, even if it's not. No one in the world is a better designated laugher than you, Dorothy. Oh. Gina was good, but you're incredible. Uh, let's Thank not you. get carried away here, okay? Uh, someone have Dave uh, roll the first segment. Uh, in it, Gina gives a very complete description of a chuckle and leads us into a very in-depth discussion of the laugh needs of like any compelling show. 57 minutes of this show. All right. Well, also with us is our designated laugher, Gina. Give everyone a chuckle right now so they know you're with us. Well, are you sure you want a chuckle? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think a soft <laughs> would be more appropriate to start things right. off with. All the right. chuckle <laughs> is the next step in the escalation of laughter. And, and that is to be an organic evolution that I feel in my gut. The study of humor and laughter and its psychological and physiological effects on the human body is called gelotology. Unless you want more of that fake laughter that seems so disingenuous. Well, you know, that simulated laughter seems to work pretty damn well with about every, you know, like standard three-camera, you know, network sitcom on the air. I mean, they have a live audience, and they still sweeten it up with canned laughter. <laughs> you know, the, the family and I actually enjoy shows with laugh tracks. <laughs> It makes you feel like you're not the only person who finds things funny. It's dangerous to be out there alone, to, to be at that moment of decision when you are or maybe not sure what you just heard is in fact funny or not. Shut the f*** up, Donnie. Yeah, there's safety in numbers, I guess, so I, I like to await the judgment of others often before I join in. I, I don't want to sound like a know-it-all here, but laughter is my business, and I... I, for the life of me, cannot understand, Gerald, how you feel a canned laugh track is satisfying to hear while being entertained. The first American television show to incorporate a laugh track was the sitcom The Hank McCune Show. 
in 1950. It defies logic. Yeah. Laughter originates from the heart. Do you ever stop and take into account that you are being manipulated by a recording of people who are paid to laugh? Well, I don't, I don't want to get too personal here, Gina, but just what service do you think you provide here on the Spud Goodman Show? This is kind of like the kettle calling the pot black. Or, or wait, does it go the pot calling the kettle black? Well, you get what I'm saying here. You, you sound a little bit hypocritical is all I'm trying to say. Hey, I don't want to get in the middle of this, but you I know. I most certainly do not provide the same service as a canned laugh track. <laughs> that is highly insulting. Do I make remarks about your skills in the sales position at your carpet store? I really can't comment on your performance here as a temporary co-host, as you are, in essence, background noise. Invisible Good call, yo. I would say. Well, my, my, my wife would firmly disagree with you, as she has said on numerous occasions that she would never listen to this show if I was not on it. As she feels I bring something very valuable to the program. The word she continues to use is gravitas. You know, I've heard that word a few times on Meet the Press. Yeah. I'm going to Google it and maybe comment on it later. But right now I have to place it. You know, my wife, Rachel, still feels she would not listen to our radio show or, or even now this podcast if I wasn't on it. And for the record, she feels I am filled with gravitas. Okay, Mr. Gravitas, I will be consulting you the next time we're faced with a national security threat, okay? But until then, you can zip it. Well, Gina was very effective and, and an articulate designated laugher. She just brought up some very valid points about this little discussed topic. I still think you're a better chuckler than her, Dorothy. Well, let's not let this get into like a who is a better laugher. I mean, both you and Dorothy and Gina each brought something different to the table. She was Thank highly you. skilled at a guffaw, where you seem to be stronger at a belly laugh. Well, as I have stated on many occasions, Spud, I myself have the full range of laughing skills, but yet have never asked me to deliver them on our show. Would you like me to display just a small sample of my laughing talents? Uh, that would uh, not be cool, Gerald. Yeah. Do you want Dorothy to come to your other place of employment where you sell carpet linoleum and show you up? That would be a fool's errand chance, as right now, this quarter, I am number two in sales. So, yes, if your fiancé would like to drop by the store, South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. And go head-to-head -head for a day on the sales floor. Well, Mrs. Jarvitz, you're more than welcome to give it a shot. <laughs> Nonsense, Gerald. I have no interest in pushing carpet remnants or pieces of linoleum. That is just not going to happen. Not, that's not probably remnants. just as well as if you, you know, if you could beat Gerald in sales that day, he would have such a meltdown. He might do harm to himself. I don't know if he's a cutter or anything, but let's just move on to my interview with actor, comedian, and former Saturday Night Live cast member Kevin Nealon. You know, he was always such a great guest to have on. My mother really used to like Kevin Nealon. I mean, really like him. I think it kind of bugged my dad whenever he was on a TV show. My mom always used to record it. Okay, well, that's kind of interesting. I should say Kevin was coming to town uh, this time to do a stand-up gig, I believe. Uh, someone roll the interview.
Uh, hey, Spud, Kevin Nealon's holding, so are you ready? Yeah, I'm good to go. Put him through. Hey, you do know that Kevin Nealon was born in St. Louis, Missouri, but a few months after he was born, his parents moved to Bridgeport, Connecticut. Now I have to listen to you toss out these tidbits of information about our guests? I really wish you'd never learned how to Google someone. Oh, it's changed my life. Do you want to know anything more about Kevin? No, thank you, All because right. I'm going to opt to ask him personally because I'm about to freaking interview him. Okay. Please welcome back to the show actor, writer, comedian, Kevin Nealon. Thanks for checking back in with us tonight. Oh, my pleasure. It's always good talking to you. All right, super. I love uh, the Seattle area. I, I mean, it's one of those places that uh, I think I just connect with the audience up there. It's like that for me and uh, for, for Seattle and Denver area, So for some reason. I don't know what it is. All right, super. Well, you know, my staff is having a bit of a heated discussion about whether a laugh track is a good thing or a bad thing, because right now I choose to use a human-designated laugh for Gina here. She comes in handy when I rarely, you know, might say something that's not exceptionally funny, but I know we could go the automated route with a laugh track, but I feel it's much more patriotic to keep jobs here in America. So what's your take? Yeah, well, I agree. I think uh, when it comes to outsourcing laughs, that's, uh, that's really special. Yeah bottom of the barrel yeah but um you know it's um i think people have become used to laugh tracks and um um there's something i don't i don't like laugh tracks but there's something alluring about them i think when you hear somebody in a room laughing you immediately turn their attention everybody it's almost like someone's got a good drug that you want you know so uh you start laughing too that's that's actually a very very uh that's an excellent way to put it um i'm gonna th- i'm gonna write that down i want to bring that up at our staff meeting um so you, you know, you came back and were on the Saturday Night Live, uh, the 40th anniversary special. Was that kind of like a high school reunion, a bit awkward, but still a little bit of fun? It wasn't really that awkward. It was, it was a lot of fun, and it was kind of a, like a lot of good people watching, because everywhere you look, it, it, you felt like you were kind of like the Hollywood Wax Museum. And I turn over my left shoulder, and I see Keith Richards, you know, and right behind me is Diane Sawyer and Sarah Silverman and Louis C.K. and, you know, Paul McCartney standing in front of me with his guitar waiting to go on and behind him is Paul Simon and, you know, the various past mayors of New York City and, uh, you know, it's just really, it was like being kind of like in heaven, I guess. Dude, how, how stacked up was it uh, with that type of a lineup? I don't know how many, a hundred people appeared on camera, so how, how, how was the traffic situation handled? Uh, well, there's really not a lot of traffic. Well, there's traffic uh, I mean, in typically in the, in the studio. So, you know, I don't think there was any traffic for that particular show. I meant uh, in the studio. and I mean, because how'd they get you guys moving to and from? Yeah, there was a lot of uh, a lot of people in the studio. It's a small studio. That's why I hear people comment on uh, a lot of times when they go to see the show. They say, well, I can't believe how small the studio is. Mm-hmm. I think it only seats about 140 people, something like that. Uh, at least for that night, and um, and so it does uh, become kind of a crowd control um, dilemma at times. What you saw then, there was no like like at high school reunions. I mean, some people like take up old rivalries, and you know, like maybe they got you know pants or something in, in PE class. So when they go to the high school reunion, it's payback time. But no, no, no incidents there that you could see. <laughs> no, no. I think it was kind of fun to see everybody that's been on the show in the past, and. Uh, and it is kind of fun to see how people have aged and, and uh, or haven't aged. And uh, and just, you know, just I, I, for the first time, I kind of got to watch the show. I sat in the audience. I've never sat in the audience before and watched the show. And, you know, right in the front row there. And, uh, you know, got, I was sitting, you know, just like feet away from Kanye West as he's performed and Paul McCartney and... Um, you know, I mean, it was it was um, it was pretty epic. The whole thing at a lot of different levels. 
Uh, yeah, I would, I would guess so. Uh, Say, Spud, you know, maybe you could ask Kevin for some tips on maybe getting into doing commercials. The one he did with Dana Carvey is very funny, and, well, they, I assume, were highly compensated. Now, I know you're a communist and you're opposed to making money, but... I am not a communist. I'm a Democrat, sort of, and, and I do like money. It's nice to have when you leave your apartment. Where did you get that impression? Well, I don't know. You often sound so liberal that I just assumed you oh, were... That I'm a communist? Please... I plead guilty to voting for President Obama, so deport me. Okay, okay. I was thinking that maybe you and I could possibly do a few commercials together. I could be the funny one, and all you'd have to do is stand there and maybe say a word or two. Why don't, why don't you ask Kevin about getting into doing something like that? It could pay for a new big screen TV for you. Oh, well that would be cool. See? Maybe I'll email him tomorrow, but right now I gotta finish up the damn interview, so keep quiet. Um, all right, well, I would be remiss if I didn't at least touch on this. What was your favorite moment as Doug Wilson on Weeds, a very funny character on a really good series? Um, I think it was probably in the bathroom with, uh, with Andy uh, Milder, who, who played Dean on the show. Right. And we were kind of having a, a contest to see uh, who had the bigger... Uh, member member right and we're using dental floss to measure oh yeah 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 i remember that episode that's right that was very very humorous either that or getting my uh my junk slammed in the the drawer yeah obviously they had like a stunt junk or something right because i i I can't believe that you actually how many takes did that take oh i only would do one oh i knew you one all right super all right well last question uh kevin nealon if you could be president for 48 hours, what would be your first major piece of legislation sent to Congress? I myself would free all retail employees and grant reparations, except maybe for Costco people, but what would what would you do? I would, probably for me, it would probably be a, um, a fixed rate for Uber. Oh, there you go. That's a smart one. Yeah, we can't jack up the price when, you know, things are busy and stuff. All right, that's, uh, you're obviously a well-thought-out man. I, I, you might, have you been sitting on that one for a while? Yeah, for like the last uh, 20 years, that's been my thing. Right, and I know Uber's only been around for a couple of years, but I knew it would eventually happen, so, you know. I read that on your over. on your Wikipedia site that you're always ahead of the curve. And I guess, once again, once again, there we have it. All right. Um, yeah. We really enjoy having you on our show, so I hope we can talk again someday. Absolutely. It's great talking to you. All I'm right. looking forward to uh, coming to Seattle. All right. Very, very cool. Mr. Kevin Nealon. Thanks for having me. Uh, may I ask what stunt junk is, Spud? Uh, you mentioned that to Kevin, and you lost me. A- and by the way, I'm guessing you lost most of our listeners. Too. <laughs> um, I think most people understood what I meant. Uh, so, Chance, are you going to tell you know, like your mom that Kevin is on this podcast? Uh, you know, in case she might have missed the interview when it aired way back in 2015. Uh, nah, she kind of moved on from Kevin. Right now, she's really into David Spade. She oh. really, really likes him now. It's funny. Years ago, she said he sucked and wasn't even hot. Just goes to show you how people can change. I doubt that Kevin or his people would be too shook up to learn this bit of news, Chance. No big deal. Hey, listen. My wife is and has always been a big fan of Tim Allen, but it's never been based in lust. That would be wrong. And I like both Kevin and David Spade. I try to be very inclusive on who I develop fan crushes on. We both do. 
Dorothy and I sort of have an open relationship with fan crushes. I have so many and she never makes me feel bad or even guilty. And I think it adds a lot to our love life. Just one more reason why you are the man of my dreams, Chance. I can't tell you how many men in my life would throw a tantrum when they would learn of my interest in Hollywood celebrities. I remember one guy I was dating. He totally flipped out when I mentioned that Anthony Sabato Jr. was the sexiest man alive. Mm. Now, that was back in the late 90s, so keep that in mind. But this guy just lost his shit when I sent Anthony a fan letter. That was back in the day when snail mail was still a thing, of course. I had to fish the letter out of the garbage after he found it in the outgoing mail. Of course, I later dropped it off at a nearby post office. I think I remember that guy you were dating back then. He was a real asshole. Right. Yeah. So anyway, right now we're going to listen to a bit of my interview with our musical guest, hip-hop artist Q-Dot. Uh, roll it. All right, it's musical guest interview time. Please welcome back to the show Grammy Award nominee Q-Dot. How's it going, man? Excellent. Cool, cool. Perfection. All right. Um, well, before we get going, I must ask, what's your take on all these white chick pop rappers? Is that like the equivalent of what hair metal was to rock in the 90s? It must be, man. I, You know what, though, man? I, I, I think it's... It's it's all good. I guess everybody uh, You're being very kind right now. Everybody has their very kind. Yeah. They have I, their I'm not place. going to be. <laughs> I see no reason or no purpose. I think they're a waste of human flesh, but that's just my own take. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Way, way back when rap started to dominate the charts, yeah. some called it like the CNN of music. But these days, you know, someone might want to pick another cable news channel, except for like Anthony Bourdain. It's pretty weak. It's just my opinion. But <laughs> that's that's pretty legit, man. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it was Chuck D that uh, was absolutely. He, yeah, it was, yeah, I had him on the. By the way, I interviewed him. I had him on the show. He, very cool guy. He he uh, he jacked my pirate's hat though. I was a little pissed about that. But <laughs> anyway, that's another story for another time. Um, well, let me ask you a rapper question. Do, okay. do any rappers have trouble uh, meeting women? Because when I listen to the songs, it seems like everyone has women all over the place. You know, no one likes to get shown up, right? You know, you might want to like pass this on to other rappers that most dudes prefer to hear songs you know, about striking out as they can relate to that more. Right. I, I talk about that all the time with buddies of mine when I'm on the road and like, dang, it seemed like everybody's messing with somebody's baby mama or somebody's girl and they snatching them out the club. Like, I don't want my girl to ever leave the house now, ever, because rappers will take her and I'm a rapper. <laughs> That's right. And you have, you well, let's touch on it. You have a newest addition to the family? Yeah, little baby girl. My baby girl will never leave the house now, ever, and she's nine months old. It's probably a good move. Yeah. But, all right. Um, good call, yo. So uh, what's, the, what's the, the first song you're going to do? Because I was hoping, hoping that you would perform your new single, Black Gold. It is a great song. Thanks, man. Yeah, we'll do Black Gold for sure. Cool. Black gold. My daddy told me stories of his daddy integrating schools. Ah, uh, he had the KKK in Kentucky marching up his block. Yeah, white hood screaming, if you stick around, boy, you'll be a fool. Ah, uh, my granddaddy, he replied with pride, well, you can sit and watch. 
And this before Dr. King ever had a dream he could speak up Before James Brown said it loud and proud Before even racials and gays had love they could speak up and speak up Listen to what's coming at your speakers cause it's blood That was shared for all of my folks As the world keeps spinning like them gold dating spokes just remember through the stories being told You come from an all black code You all black code You all black code uh, uh, Hey, you all black code Yeah, yeah Hey, you all black code Code, 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 code Mama told me cause I was light skinned I probably wouldn't fit in Being one of three black kids in every class They probably think I was mixed or too afraid to ask Damn, I ain't even have a concept of racist Till I went away to school and saw these white folks faces I had this girl tell me straight up I was the first black person she ever got to see flesh face up She said all she heard about was they could dance, play sports and they Said that she liked rap and supposed I was cool Despite being the first black she saw at the school And through all of those preconceived notions There was only one thing to her I was boasting Just remember through the stories you were told I come from and am black gold I am black gold Hey, I am black gold Ah, uh, ah, uh, hey, I am black gold yeah, yeah, hey, I am black cold, 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 cold. Shout out to Jimi Hendrix, Ray Charles, and Quincy Jones, and all the black gold that call Seattle home. Shout out to the slaves who lived through the crazy times and still made love and made babies. I'm thinking maybe this will be one of those tracks that never gets dapped because it ain't talking about the trap. It ain't talking about the streets or an ass that's fat. I know the industry is scared of hearing truth in their raps, but just remember through the stories being told, you come from an all black gold. I tell them, you come from an all black gold. I tell them, you come from an all black gold. I tell them, you all them lies you were sold. I come from an am black gold. Yeah, you all of them lies you were sold. I come from an am black gold. Hey, I am black gold. is a Spider-Gooman show. This is a Spider-Gooman show. Q-Dot is one talented dude. Anyway, so next up, I guess we're going to listen to a bit of a segment we used to do, the clip of the week. We would snag some sound bites on the radio and try to make something out of it. Uh, on this episode, it, it features right-wing talk show host and big-time conspiracy theory guy, uh, Rick Wiles. I, I think that was his name. He's pretty far out there, so we didn't have to do much to make the segment uh, humorous. Let's put it that way. Uh, roll it. On November 3rd, 2014, the day before the U.S. elections, I sent this out to our partners, alerting them to what I expected would happen after Election Day. After Election Day in 2014, I said, 
quote, 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 in the remaining weeks of 2014 and throughout 2015, Barack Obama will strike like a thunderbolt against all persons who dare to oppose his communist agenda. His communist agenda. His communist, communist, communist agenda. Persecution will come down on patriots, conservatives, and Protestant, evangelical, Anglican, Catholic, and Orthodox Christians who speak against him. He will defy the U.S. Senate. He will consolidate power in Washington. He will rule by executive decrees. He will act like a dictator in perpetuity, in perpetuity, in perpetuity. He may even refuse to leave the White House in January 2017. Oh, a microphony. And a phony at the mic. Whoa! (laughs) Control the Senate will swing to America's conservative ruling class in the Republican Party. The Republicans will sweep control of many state governorships and legislatures. Check that off. Check that off. Check that off. It happened. I also said... Metaphorically, metaphorically, Obama will shout, Obama will shout, Obama will shout, the die is cast. He will tell his hardcore communist supporters, it's all or nothing. There is no turning back. We must conquer or die. Die, 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 die. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. I said he would rally the progressives to march over the Potomac River with him to their final glory as communist comrades. In desperation of being the darling of the progressive socialist communist faction of the Democratic Party, Obama will promise them everything they've ever dreamed of forcing onto America. And he'll do it through executive orders. Check it off. show some people like it you know that gentleman made a few good points now back in 2015 our country didn't have the supreme leadership of donald trump so yeah we were kind of rudderless then gerald ever since you joined that MAGA movement as a trump lover you kind of repulsed me i've never really told you that to your face before Behind your back for sure, but I might as well be direct now that we aren't doing the radio show anymore. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? There's no HR department at the station anymore to threaten to write me up for insulting coworkers, which as an intern was not very scary. What could they do back then? Take away my bathroom privileges? Chance, though we don't have any real management structure overseeing this podcast, you still might not want to be overly rude to Gerald, though I know uh, that you know I'm totally with you about his love for Donald Trump. It is disgusting. Oh, now that is a bit offensive, Mrs. Jarvitz. Last I looked, it was still a free country, and we could support the political leaders we choose, and... That includes the greatest president in the history of the world, Donald J. Trump. 
uh, our greatest gangster in American history for sure. But but his boss, Vladimir Putin, has got to be number one on a global scale, man. I mean, he, he makes John Gotti look like an altar boy. But anyway, I don't want to kind of go into that rabbit hole right now. We're supposed to uh, go back to the ongoing discussion of whether to switch from a, you know, a designated laugher. Uh, or incorporate a canned laugh track setups. Uh, yeah. Again, our human laughter, laugher, uh, Gina, put up a strong defense to stay away from the fake stuff. Yes, Gina was an awesome truth teller. Let's just hear more from her. All right. Uh, someone roll it. I am so ready to offer, offer up a guffaw. <laughs> so I sure hope you have something even remotely funny to say, Spud, because I can't hold it in forever. Well, that's a bit of pressure, knowing I have to say something funny enough to warn a guffaw. I mean, how about something like maybe it will cost a snicker? That would be way easier, way easier. Yeah, I've already provided multiple snickers. <laughs> and frankly, they just don't make the kind of statement I feel is needed right now. Laughter can be classified according to intensity, i.e. the chuckle, the titter, the giggle, the chortle, the cackle, the belly laugh, or the sputtering burst, or according to the overtness, i.e. the snicker, the snort, or the guffaw. Some here just don't grasp the emotional component of effective laughing. Laughter that Mm. is targeted by a trained professional. I mean, so many amateurs just spew giggles. Uh, whenever they feel like it on the spur of the moment i on the other hand spend many hours pre-planning my laughter to make sure that there's a slow build to an appropriate climax Uh, laughter is laughter gina i reject your position that fresh organic laughter is more valid and enriching than standard network canned laughter Isn't it served this country well for generations, from the Honeymooners to Dick Van Dyke to Green Acres? We've all laughed along with the tried-and-true model of laugh tracks. It's just how it's done in this country. You know, I sort of prefer those one-camera, no-laugh-track shows. It's just my what? take. But. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Gina on this one, but dead silence is not conductive to enjoying mm-hmm. a sitcom. I understand some people are emotionally walled off where yeah. they just can't emit laughter. I, I get it. The, the scars and pains of life can inhibit one's ability to cut loose and with a raucous laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And That's that impressive. is where professionals like me come in. Or a well-produced, enthusiastic laugh track. Ah, that joins with you in your enjoyment of a particular well, comedy. Okay, okay. Aren't you guys like taking this thing a bit over the top? I mean, who freaking cares about this topic anyway? I need to move on here with or without organic or recorded laughter because I am a professional. Now, I approved, you know, of our executive producer bringing you in, Gina, because I know every single drive time FM radio show does have a female like you on their team. Okay, it's, it's a fact. Everybody knows that. And I'm also going to be honest that without you, I would be alone here with this kiss-ass DEA-looking fill-in co-host, and that would make <laughs> me very sad. But if need be, I will go on without either of you because I have no choice. I have no intentions of getting a real job. Not at my age. <laughs> By the way, that's temporary permanent, Spud. Oh, you both should know that this is such a sensitive subject for me as I have invested over four and a half months of training to help make myself the best laugher I could be. And to hear Gerald here uh, denigrate my contributions, well, well, it's just upsetting. Okay, well, I- both of you just need to chill. As I need to... You know, to this point in our ongoing debate, I feel I have presented so many great points in support of going with a canned laugh track. I just don't see how anyone could argue with what I had to say. 
Well, you've presented garbage, Gerald. You oh, probably yeah. feel artificial trees are better than freshly cut Christmas trees, right? Or margarine is tastier than butter. I could go on, but there's no need, as you are on the wrong side of the will of the people. Yeah, what Dorothy just said. I think now we're going to run uh, some of my interview with co- the, the late comedian Ralphie May. You know, sadly, uh, we lost Ralphie May on uh, October 6, 2017, I believe. It was a big loss for the comedy community. I, I believe this was the first time we had Ralphie on our show. Oh, I was very sad when I heard that Ralphie passed away at age 45, I believe. Yep, yep. Though I wasn't around when you interviewed him, I was a fan. I first saw him on that last Comic Standing show when I was a little kid. I know you really liked Ralphie, but he was so young. Yeah, I know. It seems like death comes early for the talented, you know. Uh, at the time of our conversation, he had, he had a new comedy special on Netflix dropping, and that, we kind of touched on that a little bit. But anyway, uh, Dave, uh, play the interview. Please welcome comedian, actor, Ralphie May to the show. Hey, man, how's it going? It's doing good, man. How are you, brother? Excellent, excellent. So let's lead this thing off with some background on your new Netflix comedy special, Unruly. It is very, very funny, I must say. Thank you very much. It's my seventh uh, big special. Uh, It's an hour and a half of hilarity. I'll make you laugh till you cry. And uh, I promise, uh, if if you don't like that one, then I've got two more on there. And if you don't like any of those, well, I'm just sorry. I'm not your cup of tea. You know, (laughs) I'm not for everybody. But I'll make you laugh till you cry. Uh, Yeah, I I, I found it very funny. You know, Netflix has kind of become a must-have these days. I would have a tough time living without it. I agree. Your special got ruled out on the same day as House of Cards, right? I know. It's the biggest tsunami in Netflix. Uh, they uh, unleashed that, and at the same time as mine, and so I was just a fat guy on the top of the tidal wave trying to ride it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, you know that one, that series, though, that show took me about a day and a half to get through the thirteen episodes because you know Frank Underwood yeah. is a badass. But right now, I am mainlining on that Bloodline show they got. And someone needs to start like a twelve-step program for I Netflix. Know, right? Yeah, man. Um, hey, you got into stand up. Hey, at an early age, right? Seventeen, is that correct? Yes, sir. But yes, sir. Is it 17. a true? Is it a true story though about you winning that contest to open up for Sam Kinison, or was it you know, an urban yeah. folktale? True. All right. No, it's true. It's true. I won a contest at a Shakey's Pizza to open up for Sam Kinison, and uh, um, it's it's phenomenal. You know, they uh, uh, they uh, Sam on the way over there. I uh, was like, kid, are you nervous? It was my first time in a limo. You know, it was a big deal, right? And I go, no. He goes, kid, seriously, uh, do you have a closer? And I go, what's that? I didn't know what it was. And he goes, it's a big joke at the end of your set, you know, to make everyone love you. And I go, I did, but I didn't know it. You know, I was so dumb, I didn't know it. I just naturally built one. And and I go, um, no, I, I don't guess I do. He goes, here, use my... If you get into trouble, start yelling and cussing at the audience. The more you yell and cuss at them, the more they'll love you. And I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah, okay. So I'm about five minutes in, and I'm killing. I'm destroying. And then I flip a punchline and a setup, and the joke bombs. And then the next joke was predicated on that joke killing, so that joke bombed. And I know I'm at the end of my time, and I'm like, 
uh, I remember what Sam said, so I just started screaming and yelling and cussing at the audience. You know, I'm like, hey, you net baby pig banging y'all, banging mothers, you filthy animals, you dumb people, you couldn't write anything, you illiterate retards, okay? All right, 3,500 people in unison began to boo me. Boo! Okay? I cried a little bit on stage. I'm not going to lie to you. I cried a little bit on stage. And, uh, uh, they, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I go backstage, and without being introduced, uh, no big fanfare or anything, Sam Kennison comes running out going, Can you believe that kid coming out here talking to you good people like that? He will never be a comedy guy. Oh, oh, oh. Now I'm really trying backstage. You know, I've got one of the biggest guys in comedy saying, I'll never do it again. Ooh, ooh. You know, it was horrible. And so I went backstage, and I was looking for a payphone. I found one, and I was calling my mom, Collect, to come pick me up. And uh, Bill Kennison, Sam's brother, comes up and hangs the phone up and goes, Kid, Sam thought that was hilarious. He set him up perfectly. He loved it, you know, because he was getting protested a lot then. He goes, Everybody right. loves him. That's awesome. And, uh, and uh, he wants you to come party with us. And so uh, a Sam Kennison after party, uh, was wow. no place for a 17-year-old boy. Hell yeah. Okay? Um, <laughs> I'm 43 now, and it's no place for me now. Okay? Um, they uh, <laughs> uh, There were rails of blow. There was booze everywhere, hookers, strippers, uh, various sex acts happening. Okay? Everything um, we imagine. Everything. Yeah, man. everything you'd imagine. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll, right? And uh, uh Sam comes out of a room with a chick, okay, and uh, goes over to the coke table, does a four-inch line with his right nostril, then does another four-inch line with his left, okay, and then a little somebody gives him a key bump of a different flavor of coke, and he does that too, and uh, he uh, uh, he goes, kid, order pizza, which I found amazing that he could eat. Uh, after doing blow, okay, uh, I I didn't try cocaine. I've never tried it. Okay, I've got too many risk factors as is, to be honest with you. Uh, but uh, he uh, <laughs> uh, he told me to order pizza, so I call up Shakey's again, and uh, they uh, send over uh, the pizza. And when when they do, Sam pays for the pizza, and then tips him three little baggies of cocaine. Uh, 30 minutes later, we get a phone call. Hey, you guys need more pizza? You need some more pizza? We'll hook you up. No problem. Damn. And, uh, <laughs> that man was, that man was an animal. Houston. Dang. Yeah, he was. He told me to move to Houston, and he uh, uh, <clears throat> was nothing but warm and lovely to me. I love Sammy. Well, he, he, ruled, he ruled comedy for, the, for a, a, a period of time. I mean, he was the man. Yeah, yeah. Hey, folks, this is Sam Kinnison. Hey, didn't you die like 15 years ago? Yeah, I did. And the only thing that brings me back from the dead is to listen to Spud Goodman right here. You understand that, you whore? Oh! Oh! <laughs> you can't joke about the f***ing dead. All right, well, let me let me ask you a question on the next part of your career. You, you finished second on the first season of The Last Comic Standing in 2003. Uh-huh. And here, here's kind of my my question or point or whatever. It seems like the ones who came up a little short have later had much more successful careers than The Last Comic Standing. And I want to toss out you, right. you, Amy Schumer, say Ty Barnett, Doug Benson, Lavelle Crawford, Rebecca Corey, and some others. I don't think I could pick yeah. out any of the winners from a police lineup. So it worked out pretty good for you, right? 
Yeah, it really did. You know, I can't say enough good things about it. It was it was awesome for me. You know, coming in second, people thought I was robbed, and what it did, it galvanized them just like it did after um, uh, Metallica lost the heavy metal Grammy to Jethro Tull. Yeah, how yeah. their albums went platinum. My first album went platinum uh, in like six weeks. Uh, you know, I sold over a million units, and. Um, it was uh, something very rare, you know, in comedy. Yeah, I'd say time, so. I was, really, I was really lucky to have it. Absolutely. Um, well, well, Rafi, you're you're a big dude. Everybody's aware of that, like NFL lineman yeah. size. Uh, have you ever had like a Kevin Smith moment on an airplane? It got him a buttload of press and worked out pretty well. I just no, no. I I always when I fly Southwest, I buy two seats. I don't want to put anybody through the drama. Okay, and if I buy two seats, they, and you know, Southwest is great too, because if you buy two seats and the plane is not full because you're fat, they'll rebate the uh, one flight back to you. Oh, so they're cool. awesome. Cool. You know, you can't be mad at those guys at all, man. I, I love Southwest. They've never had a crash. They, they're fantastic. All I right. love them. All right, that's for the record. Um, I wanted to ask you about performing at the Juggalos convention in 2012, as we have a Juggalo on our staff here, Gina, our designated laugher. Was it as wild of an event as non-Juggalos would envision, or was it totally tame like a Star Trek convention or a brony con with, you know, My Little Pony lovers? Just curious. No, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was crazy. It was a crazy, crazy, uh, uh, fantastic show. Uh, it was at 1230. And it was in the tent, and uh, there was 700 people, and they had the sides open. And I didn't think, you know, they said, Ralphie, you only have to do like 10 or 15 minutes, no problem. My show was an hour and 45 minutes. Whoa. I hit on an eight-foot bong. I got high. I, they had bad weed, but a great bong, you know? All right. That's for the record. That's for the record. All right. Um, I know Gina is the resident expert on this Juggaloos scene. Uh, Juggalos. Oh, sorry, Juggalos scene. But I'm starting to buy into the fact that this insane clown posse is pretty popular. Maybe we should try to have one of their clowns on. It might help with the ratings. I don't think it would be a good idea to have a clown from that posse. There's a lot of breakable stuff in this studio. Clowns are generally warm and kind people, Spud. Just about everyone loves a clown. Yeah, like John Wayne Gacy, among others. You're going to have to trust me on this one. All right, but gosh, I've never seen an evil clown, but I'll defer to your judgment. Thank you, and now can I get back to my freaking interview with Ralphie, if you don't mind? Um, my last question to you is, what's been your most memorable moment as Ralphie May? Oh, wow. Um, uh, the, as the performer? Um... Having Tony Bennett uh, come to my show, I did two and a half hours, wow, and super. then afterwards uh, he called up an Italian restaurant and they opened up just for us, and we had dinner and wine and laughed, and he called me an artist, and uh, we took pictures, and we actually hang out sometimes. <laughs> it's so crazy. Really, you're hanging out with Tony, fuck, you know Tony Bennett. It's it's fantastic. Who's better than you? Uh, yeah, slightly. I, I, I'll concede that point. I, I, I need to mention again. Boy, hanging out with Tony Bennett. That sure would top any of your most memorable moments, Spud. I mean, I'm not trying to minimize what have been highlights in your life, but yeah. come on. It doesn't get much bigger than spending time with Tony Bennett. 
I will concede that point too. I don't think being like in the wrestling ring with a giant, uh, now he's, he's called the big show or having a heart to heart talk with Morgana, uh, you know, the kissing bandit. I don't know if anybody even remembers her. Uh, none of that stuff's going to top Ralphie's most memorable moment. As long as you've been a talk show host, both on TV and radio, you'd think you'd have a way better, most memorable moment yourself, Spud. It's a good thing that your guests always come up with something interesting. Well, the giant, or now he's the big show, would be a pretty big thrill for me. As everyone knows, I'm a big fan of WWE. Yeah, I know, Aunt Dorothy, and I, I did ask him for an old jock, you know, to give to you when I had him on my old TV show, but he said no way. I guess he sold them on the internet for some fairly impressive cash. That's what well, he said. Wait, you should have countered with maybe an old sweat sock or something. Oh well. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about dropping the ball on that one. So, so now we're supposed to listen to a bit of the end of the laugh track episode. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's play it. But I, I think we have time for one last call. If you make it brief, I'm being told this caller needs to speak to you about his father. He's called in before. So okay, here he is. what am I a family counselor? All right. Call oh. you there. Uh, yes, sir. I am. Uh, you might remember me. My name's Clay, Clay Henderson. My daddy's Calvin Henderson. Uh, yeah, I I, I, call, I called him once before on the radio show, and I was on the old cable TV show. I, I, I think I, okay, I remember you, your dad had something to do with Elvis, right? I, your name doesn't ring a bell, but I recognize your voice. <laughs> so yeah, you called in, right? So what wh- what can I do for you? Yeah, I know you called in before. I remember you now. Well, I did, and I appreciate the help uh, you gave me located him the last time. And well, actually, I did find him myself at a at a truck stop in Modesto, California, uh, a few weeks after I called in the show. And uh, I'm just trying to get the word out about my daddy right now, and I'm I'm staying down here in uh, Medford, Oregon. Okay, all right. So I can get back on my feet financially. Okay, cool. But why are you calling in about right now, tonight? Well, it's almost been 14 months since I last spoke with him, and I heard he might be performing up uh, up in your area again. As you know, he is an Elvis impersonator, and he usually does the Talib Fair. That's not until fall, so I was really surprised. When I found out he's, he might be doing a casino up there, and well, actually, it's very important I get a hold of him as soon as possible. <laughs> um, cool. Okay. Uh, well, so what do you want me to do here? Personally, go to all the casinos in the area and look for your father? That'd be sort of fun, but I don't have the time for that, man. There's a ton of those in the state. Hey, maybe you could put up some flyers on telephone poles for him, Spud. You know, have you seen this man? Hey, this guy's not. He's looking for his father, not his lost cat. <laughs> I have a clue here. So, uh,. Anyway, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, have you called any of the casinos up here to see if your dad's working there? Uh, yes, sir, I did. Uh, but, you know, most of them wouldn't let me talk about my daddy. He's, uh, he's kind of very private, and they have this privacy act with their employees. Yeah, all right, cool. Well, there's so many Elvis impersonators working today, it's going to be hard to keep them all straight. Do, do you have any, like, dental records or a DNA test to make you know, it's going to have to make the search easier, because if you don't give us some help, it's not going to happen. Well, um, actually, I don't, Mr. Goodman, but uh, I, I don't think he'd like to be in track. You know, he has a few ex-wives that are looking for him, too, so he really does want to keep a low profile. All know? right, well, tell you what, um, I'm going to do what I can do. Uh, I, I might even actually drop by a couple casinos and see if I can find him. Tell you what, you leave your number with my people, and we're going to get back to you, okay? Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you very much, and God bless. All right, all right. Uh, okay, well, let's. we're going to have to end this show, so guys, do you have anything you want to say here? So... I mean, I know what I want to say 
is that uh, I, I'm burned out from all the laughter, and I've really had it. So, is it, how about you? I, I don't know. I, I, no I more canned laughter, please. I, I, I oh, like Gina, we'll, I mean, laughter. we're going to use you. You're, you're live. I, I, I think you're it's organic. better than what Gina does, and right. that's just my opinion. Okay. Nobody beats the real thing, Daryl. All right, well. About that guy who called in for help finding his dad, you know, who's an Elvis impersonator. The, the truth be told now, you know, I never did ask around at the casinos in the area about his dad. You know, if anybody had seen him or knew about him or whatever, I I was always going to do it. But but when I go into a casino, my, my mind kind of shuts down. You know, when I, you know, first see the slot machines, uh, I just, I don't know, something comes over me. I'm, I'm not proud of it, but it just takes takes over. Uh, yeah, so I, I never did get around to doing it. I, I'm sh- I sure hope he found his dad, though, you know. Uh, and about the topic of discussion throughout this whole episode, I, I think we did resolve the argument about the laughter thing. I prevailed, uh, you know, of course, uh, as the host. I, I was able to, pre- you know, prevent any canned laugh tracks from ever, ever being used on my show. Uh, so that was a small victory. Well, yes, but I will admit I'm torn as I would have a lot more leisure time in my life if the wrong decision was made. And the show went with a canned laugh track. Anyway, I guess we should all be grateful. I would have a lot more time with you, Dorothy, if it went the other way. I know I sure wouldn't still be here as an intern on this podcast if you were replaced by a laugh track. Well, it should come as no surprise that I continue to feel that common sense dictates that laugh tracks are the main ingredient for a successful comedy or humor-based show. You can't leave it up to the minds of the average person to know what is funny. They just aren't equipped to make those kinds of decisions. Yeah, whatever. So now I will bid adieu and sign off here. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. But yeah, and goodbye, everyone. Uh, excuse me. No goodbyes after my goodbye. Y- you know the rules uh, on our old radio show and on this freaking podcast. So right now, go right in cursive. I will not upstage the host of this podcast after he says goodbye 100 times, okay? What? Uh, if you want to be on the next episode. 100 times? Jeez. Uh, d- like double-spaced? Yeah. Okay, okay, fine. You've been listening to the Spud Goodman Radio Show, a portentous harbinger of what the Internet of Things has in store for us all. The show is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Original music by Michael Spots and Tom Harmon. The executive producer is Lori Madsen. Video director is T.J. Pites. Our interns are Trent Botello and Anna Howell. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Opinions expressed on this show do not reflect those of the station, the sponsors, or any living person except Spud Goodman. Copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. Inside the Spud Goodman Radio Show Podcast, copyright 2023 Spud Goodman Productions.